0: Alison and I were talking uh, right before worship about this beautiful song. Uh, Regina Bell sings it, uh, Barbara Streisand sings it, but we were talking about the lyric. One lyric that kind of stands out for us both is, if I knew, I'd try to change the world I brought you to. But there isn't much more that I can do, but I would if I could. I don't like that lyric so much. We, we both feel a little bit like that feels like the surrender in the, in the song. Surely we can do something more. I know that's how I'm wired. But I think even though I resist it, it's such an honest lyric. It's just a really honest lyric. A parent's anguish. Love that wants to protect and hold and shelter and keep in a world that just insists on compromise, as the lyrics say, or on showing its ugly side. Lies, so many lies that masquerade as truths. Anger, vitriol, prejudice, bias, greed, bans against the people who don't look like us, don't sound like us. A global plan, friends, a global plan to make Putin the head of a big white nationalist movement, to make America and Europe white again. And inside all of that stuff, all of that bad news, inside that horror, that disregard for the incredible diversity that God created out of love, in love for all of us. Inside of that, we have our own personal losses and our own personal griefs. We've lost parents, and no matter how old we get, we feel like orphans when our parents die. We mourn the losses of friends and lovers. We mourn the loss of a very big heart in a teeny tiny body called Michael. All those who leave us leave a hole in us that's shaped like them. And so our own grief, our own personal grief, I need a new job grief, I had to move out of my apartment grief, I broke up with my beloved grief, I am lonely grief. Because we're human, because we're actually built like God, we feel those things so deeply. They can rock us to our core. The other day we got news that Middle was going to be on TV and in the past when those kinds of things happened, I'd call my mom and then I'd give her the silly gallop. But she'd say, hello, precious. And then she'd say, bang, 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 you're doing your thing and there's no more mom to call. So I cried myself to sleep the other night. I was on the way to see Michael at the hospital when we got the note that he was dead and I I couldn't go do a morgue. You know, the last time I did a morgue was mom's morgue and it was just too hard. So that's the stuff that I'm carrying. His loss pricks my loss. The craziness in the world pricks my loss, the children in cages, the ripped from parents, the, all of that hotness makes me feel so sad. And how about you, family? To quote my friend Ruby Sales, where do you hurt? What's hurting you? Puerto Rico, voting rights rolling back, all of those things in the world make us heartbroken. So the psalmist lays out in this poetry how God is even better than a loving parent, that God is a shepherd. And in the presence of the shepherd, we we have everything we need. I love the way Bobby McFerrin sings that. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. In the presence of the shepherd, we are taken by water enough to drink to quench our thirst for righteousness. We are stood upright and so we can catch our breath. We're anointed with oil to heal our wounds, the physical ones and the psychic ones. The psalmist sums all of this powerful, protective grace up in the last phrase goodness and mercy, goodness and mercy, surely they will follow me all the days of my life. God has my back. God is just the German word for good. Good has my back. God has my back. I think intellectually we can all claim that's true. No matter what, God is there. God is good all the time. We said in the black church I grew up in, the question is, when we need it most, can we feel confident? When we really need to know that God's going to show up. When the loved one is being eaten by cancer, when our own bodies age and hurt and ache and it feels like there's not enough elastic to keep us standing up straight. <laughs> this little humor in the midst of the hard. When someone we care about is hurt or wounded, when we feel forsaken. Is God there? So I'm always finding myself scanning for stories that proof text the presence of God. I mean, stories in scripture, but also stories in the world. And I don't know if you've heard this story, but this week, a three-year-old baby saved her dad's life. She was home with her father, babysitting her. Mama's at work. And dad fell off the couch onto the floor. And the baby, Molly, thought he was playing at first. So she was laughing. But then she became terrified because she realized something was wrong. And the way her mother tells it, Molly took her father's iPhone and FaceTimed her mother. Now look, she's three. She can't read. (laughs) She FaceTimed her mother. Her mother's number wasn't the first one up on the call register. She FaceTimed her mother because somehow she recognized the way the letters look. that looked like her mother's name and called her mother. And the mother sees her crying, crying, crying. She turns the phone to the father. Daddy, get up. Daddy, get up. Daddy, get up. And the mother is able to call the neighbors who go take the dad to the ambulance and the man lives through a brain aneurysm. What? Surely, goodness and mercy. I have a friend named Julie. She is the minister now at Intersections. And a few weeks ago, there was a big flood in Iowa. And the floodwaters swept away one of her best friends who died in the storm. And when Julie wrote us to tell us this news, she started her email with in the sure in the blessed assurance of eternal life. That's In the Blessed Assurance of Eternal Life. So she tells us about the best friend who's swept away by the floodwaters and dies. And then she says, my dad went to the funeral, her father, went to the funeral, went home to take a nap, and died in his sleep. Best friend dead, father dead. And she writes, in the Blessed Assurance of Eternal Life. And I checked on her the other day and I said, how are you doing, Julie? She tells me, well, I'm moving my mom to a dementia unit. I'm tracking down death certificates, but, quote, thanks to God's grace, I'm running on battery-powered peace that surpasses understanding. Come on, Julie. Surely, goodness and mercy follows us. Her faith is such a testimony, she's not asking us to pray for her, she's like, pray for other people who lost their property in Iowa. (laughs) Howard Thurman trying to wrestle with theodicy, this question of what happens when bad things happen to so-called good people. I'm gonna say so-called good people. None of us is that good. Somebody say amen. (laughs) But Howard Thurman is wrestling with this and he says the masses of men, humankind, live with their backs constantly against the wall. They're the poor, the disinherited, the dispossessed. What does our religion say to them? The issue is not what it counsels them to do for others who needs maybe greater. The issue isn't what it counsels them to do for others whose need may be greater. The issue is, what does our religion offer to us to meet our own needs? God has our back. When our backs are against the wall, when we're thrown into a lion's den, Ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When we're trapped between dry land and a sea, ask the Israelites. God will blow through a space for you to walk on dry land. When the lynching tree is too much to bear, ask the liberated Africans who will tell you, Don't you know God is able? To break the chains that bind us. When LGBT justice still seems like a faraway vision, ask the people at Stonewall about what a riot can do to change the story. When you cry yourself to sleep at night because your mom can't speak to you anymore ask your husband who'll hold you and substitute don't you know god is able to do more than we can ask or imagine through the power at work within us god is able to keep us falling keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the throne of grace god is able to hear our cries and show up as a liberator and when we are so hurt and so sad like we might be today that we can't quite believe that then somebody else is going to have to believe it for us and then it'll be your turn I love the way Nadia Boltz Weber says we confess in community our faith in God in community because today I might not have it, but Pam does. And so we say it out loud so we all have it. We rehearse the stories of God as liberator and healer and waymaker so we all have it when we need it. It's just a mess out there. And I think we need to grieve and cry, and mourn, and hold each other, and pray for each other, and then blow our noses, and wipe our tears, until the next day, when we'll cry some more. But in the end, we will get up together, and testify to the shepherd who gives us what we need. C.S. Lewis calls it God's unbounded now, the time in which God has to answer our prayers, to heal our wounds, to have our back. Looking at your watch, God really just might disappoint you. (laughs) Come on, amen? But looking at eternity, God's got us. I'll remind you today. Will you remind me tomorrow? And the Sunday after that? And the Sunday after that? Amen.